I will rejoice that right. every day we have a choice and how we're going to face that day. Are we going to face that day in faith or are we going to face that day in fear? Are we going to face that in God's strength or in our weakness? And every day we have that as a choice. I don't know if you've even heard that song. We had to go way back to find that shine on, shine on by me to breathe. It was, uh, we, that was an oldie but goodie. But since we've been talking about the scripture that God has given us for 2014, the importance of holding on to that scripture. In Isaiah it says, Arise and shine. And you know, as I started thinking about that, we talked a little bit about it last week, but you know, when I would wake up, my mom sometimes would say to me, Rise and shine. Has anybody ever woken you that way? Say, Come on, rise and shine. In fact, we have the next slide available. One of the really good uh, restaurants on Pioneer Parkway. What's it called? Rise and shine. You know that's biblical. You know what I mean? They're saying, Isaiah 6, they're saying, hey, let's get up and let's glorify God today. Whether it's through a big breakfast or not, that's up to you. But when we glorify God, we are called to glorify in our lives and to reflect the Christ. Christ. Before we get into the scripture, I want to give you a little background on Isaiah. Now, Isaiah is one of the four major prophets of the Old Testament. There's Jeremiah, there's Ezekiel, and Daniel. But Isaiah was called to prophesy over Jerusalem and southern Judea. And of course, what he was called to do is he was called to, to uh, call out sin for them to turn from their wicked ways, to, to, to tear down the idols and to return to worshiping a true God. That's what we should be doing in today's society. We should be calling people away from a life of sin into a life with Christ and a life of goodness and grace and mercy, walking in the light and not in the darkness. But if you look at the book of Isaiah, there's a lot of similarities between that and the Bible. Some of you may or may not know this, but the Bible has 66 books. There's 39 Old Testament and there's 27 New Testament books. The Old Testament of the Bible talks mostly about the law. The New Testament talks about God's grace, God's mercy. Also, the book of Isaiah has 66 chapters. So be it that the first 39 chapters of Isaiah have to deal with the law, and the last 27 chapters have to do with God's grace. Very similar. When God was speaking to Isaiah, it was through the Holy Spirit, prophesying of what was to come. What was to come when we, the Gentiles, would be joining the church? And we're going to be looking at Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2, like we did last week, but it says, Arise and shine... For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Verse 2 says, See, darkness covers the earth, and the thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Amen. Wow, can I get an amen on that? Amen. Have you ever thought that God's glory can just shine all around and over you? You see, this, this prophecy was made not only for, as I said, to the, to the Jews... In the Old Testament, to be one of God's chosen few, you had to be a Jew. And I'm not trying to rhyme here, but that's just the way it happened to be. But when Christ came and died on the cross for us, he opened up for all of us, all nationalities, to be able to come into a family relationship with God. To be able to cry out to him, Abba, Father. That we're joint heirs with Jesus. That means also that we have the power and the authority that Jesus did. When it says that, that the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in us, that means that you have that spirit inside of you. 
You may not feel it, but it's in there. It's residing. And this is what this passage is saying is, let's get up and let's go do something today. Thank you. I'm missing Sherry, my amen. I got Sean over here, but I'm missing my amen and Sherry. So come on. I need your help today. When we believe in, in Christ, we become part of the family of God. Galatians 3, 26 and 28 says, So in Christ, in Christ, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Man, clothed yourself with Christ. See, every once in a while, I, I want to encourage you that when you run through the Bible, don't just zip through passages. Stop and ask God, God, reveal what this means to me to be clothed with Christ. For there is neither Jew nor Gentile, nor slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. It, what it's saying is it doesn't matter who or, or where or what you are, if you accept Christ, we are all one in Christ. Arise and shine. In Matthew 5.16, Jesus tells us, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. What he's telling us is that we are to reflect him in all ways. John 8.12 also tells us that when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So why do we as a church need to shine for Jesus Christ? Why? Maybe the number one answer is that we live in a very dark world. I received a devotional yesterday, and it said, tomorrow, during the Super Bowl commercials, Watch what advertisers are paying $4 million for 30 seconds to tell you about our society. I never thought about it, because normally we're just, oh yeah, that's a funny commercial. But what are they trying to tell you? What are they trying to move you to? And they said, that is your snapshot on society for 2014. Society. I don't know about you, but before I came to Christ, my world was dark. I did not have direction, I did not have peace, I did not have hope, I did not have love. But when the light of God came into my life, all of a sudden, there was a pathway, there was direction. There was a voice telling me, guiding, directing me, and it wasn't always on my shoulders. I had someone that I could go to when problems were larger than I was. I could go to when I felt like I had been wronged, and, and, and all of my natural self wanted to lash out. But through my growth in the Word, I was taught to pray, to bless those that persecute you, to love them. That's what Christ has done in our lives. That's what this world needs to see. The world needs to see impact. You see, the reason why we get together is not to impact the church. It's to impact the world. Okay? Did you all catch that? The reason we get together, no matter where you worship, is not to impact the church. Not that you walk out of here and say, man, that worship was phenomenal. Or that word really spoke to me. It's now for us to take that and impact our world. If you think about it, tonight, there's a football game going on. It's called the Super Bowl. By the way, before I go on my next point, I want to give you time out. Do you know why women in football will never be? Do you know? 
because you'll never get 11 women to wear the same outfit in public. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you could go into all the deeper issues. That's what it comes down to. You're wearing that? I, I'm wearing this. No. I mean, now, where was I? Okay. Super Bowl, impacting the world. Now, I don't know if any of you heard, but there were insane amount of money for tickets to this for this event. Have you? Did you hear anything in the news this week? People that were paying tens of thousands of dollars to sit in the cold when you could sit in your home and watch it on a big screen TV. But there were people who spent enormous amounts of money to watch the Broncos and the Seahawks. What if those 11 men on the field huddled up? and stayed huddled for all two and a half hours. <laughs> they warm, yes. It would be warmer, but there was no play after they huddled. Now let's just think about that. What would we think about a game that was just all of a sudden just like, let's just get in here, let's just talk. Right? How was your day? How was your week? You look great in that outfit. Okay, see, the reason people watch is to see what happens after they get together. You get 11 people together, they're saying, hey, I think we should do this. This is what we're seeing them do, so this is what we should do. Church, we're the same way. This is what Satan is doing out there. This is our huddle. Now we get out of the huddle and we go impact the world. But if we don't go out and impact the world, then all we're doing is huddling. And huddling is not, it's like huddling, but huddling is not bad. But it was not why Christ died on the cross. Do you follow me? Christ died on the cross for us to go out and attack Satan. To say, you know what? Let's, let's get together. Let's pray about this. Let's walk in the Spirit and let's go make an impact where we live. And that's what the world is wanting to see. You see, the world has seen the church and all they see is a bunch of huddling in a judgmental circle. And they're tired of that. They want to see a church that's willing to step out of their comfort zone and impact the community. And that community is not going to look like us. They're not going to act like us. They're not going to talk like us. But you know what? They're living in a hurting, dying world. And they need the hope of Jesus in their life, just like you needed the hope of Jesus in your life. None of us were that pretty before Christ came into our lives. The Holy Spirit came into the gutter of our lives, convicted us of our sins, and brought us to a relationship where all of our past has been forgiven. I'm tired of huddling. I'm ready to go out there and play. I'm ready to go out there and change lives, impact our community. That when people see us, they see Christ in us, the hope of glory. That we reflect, not our natural self, but we reflect Christ in everything that we say and do. There are two direct commands in the passage. First one is arise, which means get up from where you are. Maybe someone today has been in a state of depression. Maybe somebody's been hurt. Maybe somebody's been confused. Maybe that you've gotten news that you could not handle at the time. And you just feel like, Mark, this has just been a very difficult season for me. When God gives your pastors a word, it is for you in this year. You need to hold on to it. You need to eat this word. You need to study it. You need to say, God, whatever it is, I want to receive this, and not only into my life, but into my family, and my home, and my business. Yeah. That everywhere I impact, this word is coming alive. If you have to get your Bible out and stand on it, stand on it and say, we're going to arise, 
and we're going to shine. And maybe when somebody walks into your bedroom and says, hey, rise and shine, you're going to think, I'm supposed to do that today. The second one is shine. So how can we shine? If you remember last week's message, I brought Kristen's rings up, that big rock. Do you remember that one? And I said, you know, in itself, this diamond does not generate any light. This diamond only reflects the light that's being shown upon it. That's why when you go to Jared's or one of those great jewelry stores, their cases are designed with mirrors and lights so that when you see that diamond, it's shining its best. But, you know, if you went to a jewelry store and said, hey, I'd like to buy a, a one-carat or two-carat or three-carat or four-carat ring, see, I'm speaking good things over you. All of a sudden, they don't go to a shoebox and say, well, just stick your hand in there and pick one out. They're going to take you to this case, and they're going to show you in its best light. And that's what God wants to do in us. He wants us to arise, get up out of our, our, our slumber, out of our, our slacking, our, our slumped-over state, and say, let me put you in where I can shine on you and you can reflect and you can be that beautiful diamond in this world. That's what God wants to do for every one of you. It's not just me or it's not just Dino or Danny or, or Bill or, or Joseph. He wants to do this in every one of you because you were created for a purpose. No matter what you've been told in your past, you were created for a purpose God has a plan for your life. You are a diamond in his eyes. The only thing is some of you put yourself in a shoebox. And there's been no light reflecting upon you. And God's heart is for you to be in the showcase to say, let me show you the gifts and abilities that I have given this person. Let me show you the love and the ability, the mercy, the grace that I have given into this person. And when we shine that out in our workplace, when we shine that out in our school, when we're that way with our neighbors and our family, we truly are reflecting Christ. Acts 4.13 tells us, it says that when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. You know what this is saying to Peter and John? They weren't that much to look at. But man, what was coming out of them, they knew that they had been in the power of Christ. There would have been an influence in him. They were shining diamonds, even though they were rough cut. They were ordinary. You know, I feel very ordinary. They were in school, even though I've completed several years of college or got, that have my degrees. There's sometimes I talk to people and I think, I say, Lord, how do you use a simple person like me? But then God reminds me that he uses the foolish things in this world to sound the wise. And I feel better about myself. <laughs> I stand on that scripture. <laughs> but you know what? All God wants us to do is shine for him. The two points in this passage arise. Point number one. He's using a term here which means to get up from where you are to prepare to do something. It's imperative that this is an action word. I want to encourage you today for all of us to get up from where we are. No matter what your circumstances are, no matter what your situation is like, arise today. Mark 2, 11, 12 says, I tell you to get up, take your mat, and go home. And he got up and he took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. 
This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this before. Now, this passage is coming from when the paralyzed man was brought by his four friends, and they couldn't get to Jesus, so they, they opened up the roof, and they lowered him down so that Jesus could see him. And Jesus said to him, he said, your sins are forgiven. And immediately, the spiritual group in there said, who is he to forgive sins? <coughs> There's always going to be judgmental people in your life. There's always going to be people who are going to tell you you can't do what you're called to do. But then Jesus said, you know what's easier for me to do? Say your sins are forgiven or for you to get up out of this mat and to walk. And you know what? That faith that those four friends had, and I'll tell you what, if you're ever in a situation like that, surround yourself with people who are willing to tear off a roof to get you to Jesus. You see, there's a lot of people who would have given you all the reasons why Jesus is too busy, we couldn't get to him. These were creative men or women. Whoever carried them up there just had four friends. But had to get them to Jesus. And when lowered, he said, Arise, take your mat and walk. That's what astounded everybody. See, the first comment when he said, Your sins are forgiven. The only one that got upset were the spiritual. But when he arose, the whole room noticed. There's time for us as a church to arise. The church is in sleeping. The church has been slumbered. It's comfortable. It's been nap day. It's been rainy outside. We're just cuddly where we are. And God is telling us to arise, to get up. The greatest danger in the church today is complacency. I'm not talking this church. I'm talking the body of Christ. You say, Pastor Mark, you, you talk a lot about the body of Christ because in my full-time job, I talk to churches every day. I talk to dozens and dozens and dozens of churches. I look at their websites. I have to hear about their ministries. And so when I speak, I speak with some knowledge that there is complacency. There's comfort. There's professionalism. We don't want to move a God because we have a schedule. That just doesn't fit our theme of worship. Man, my prayer is, God, whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, Free reign. Free reign. It's not about us. It's about you. The reason why we get together is, is to worship you in spirit and in truth. But in the church today, there are many people that feel like evangelism is not my responsibility. We need to hire people on staff that they can go evangelize. That would be it. But God told all of us to go into our world and to preach the gospel. That means if you have a boss, if you have a co-worker, if you have a, a, a co-student or, or somebody on, on staff or, or there's someone in your neighborhood or you're in line with someone, we're responsible. And it doesn't mean to make yourself obnoxious and to walk up to a total stranger and say, you hedonistic fool, you're going to hell's fire. <laughs> People have heard that before, okay? That's not what they need. They need God's love. And when somebody shares with you a problem, would you just say, could I pray with you about that? What a gracious gift that you're offering to them. You're not judging them for their situation. You're bringing a solution into their situation. You're bringing peace into that situation. They may not be comfortable praying with you right then and there. That's fine. Your light is still shining in their world. When people are telling you their problems, you might say, you know what? I had the exact same thing happen to me. But God. Amen. People need a solution. 
People need the Lord. Amen. We have a solution. We have a power. We have the Holy Spirit. We need to arise and we need to shine. Acts 3, 7, 8. So taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. I want to stop right here before I read the rest of this. You, you see what was happening. This is when the beggar was saying, hey, would you give me some money? He says, hey, silver and gold I don't have. Now, some of y'all can relate to that part of the scripture, right? But such as I have, this is what I have. This is what God's given me. I'm so full of God right now. Just give me somebody. Have you ever been that fired up with God that you're just like, God, I just, I just need to tell somebody about you. I just want to hug somebody really long because I, I just feel so much love. You see, that's what David says, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Some of us have lost our joy of salvation, and it's just become a regular thing. We come on Sunday mornings, and we worship God, and, and we give, and we feel good. But God wants to be manifested in your life on, on Tuesday afternoon, at 3.30, when nothing exciting is happening. Yeah. And you're feeling a little sleepy, God says, you know what, go tell that person I love them. Go give that person $20. God, is that really you? You know what? Satan's never going to tell you to give somebody $20. All right? So it has to be God. All right? And be generous. Give. Because it says that when you lend to the poor, you're, you're actually lending to God. And I'll tell you, if there's one person I'd like to have pay me is God. You know, there's an old saying, Always borrow money from a pessimist. They'll never expect it back. What I'm saying is, <laughs> when God says, you know what? Mark does what I ask him to do. I'm going to expand his tent post. I'm going to do more. I want to do more. I want to do more. And see, that's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to do more, not less. He wants to bless you more, not less. He wants you to be healthy, not sick. He wants you to be an overcomer, not a victim. He wants you to shine and not be in darkness. He wants you to walk in his light and not in confusion. Amen. God is not the author of confusion. Satan is the author of confusion. And when there's confusion in your life, then there's influences of Satan. That's when you start binding Satan. That's when you start standing on the word of God. And you say, I have the mind of Christ. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You start declaring the word to those spiritual forces that are intimidating you, and you will start intimidating them. Don't quote me, quote the word of God. I love this front row. I might move you all to the back for you back when I'm here. Second point, shine. It's time that we shine in our communities. It's time for us to shine in the darkness that has covered this world. Our society is growing darker. I don't know if you realize it or watch the news or have been in a hole for the last 20 years, but even in my life, things have changed dramatically in what we now accept. And it's getting worse. But God, who is rich in mercy. I love the but gods. Because you know what? Anytime I have to give a negative report, I say, but God. Because what that's going to say, here's the situation, here's the change. You see, if you leave off the but gods, then all you've done is glorify the negative situation. But when you say but God, all of a sudden, I encourage you to bring a but God into your life this week. When you're giving a negative report, somebody's bringing in something, say, you know what, but God. 
And in your situation, you've just brought the creator of the universe into your situation. The hope, the joy. You see, God, this is what God has revealed to me. He is pure hope. God is pure love. God is pure truth. There is no darkness in God. All right? Think about places that are dark. Haunted houses are not held in completely lit rooms. It would be scary if you saw somebody running at you. But they want darkness because darkness is associated with evil. Right? Have you ever noticed that bars are dark? Right? They don't put a lot, I mean, other than the neon glow of the beer sign, it's dark in there, right? Because they want you to just come in and just in a mood. I'm telling you to walk in the light. I'm telling you to get out of the darkness. You see, darkness dispels when light is brought in. When you walk into a situation, you're bringing the presence of God into that situation. Right. You are bringing the presence of God into that situation. And I've told you before, I have been and since evil. We were having dinner with some friends of ours, and we were talking about this. If you've ever been in the presence of evil, you will know it. You will sense it. You can feel evil in some movies that you rent. You can sense evil in some music that you can listen to. There's some things that you shouldn't be playing around with that are evil. And your spirit inside is saying, hey, danger, Will Robinson, danger. Y'all remember that, okay? I don't want you lost in space. I want you brought to the Word of God. And it's saying that when we walk in God's light, we're dispelling darkness. <laughs> Romans 5.20 says, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were, but, there's another but, as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became abundant. Thank God for God's grace. None of us were deserving of God's grace or mercy. I am a child of grace and mercy. I have married somebody who is a definition of forgiveness and mercy. Every time I do something dumb, she forgives me. I don't do a lot of dumb things, and they're not really big, but every once in a while I do some dumb things. I'll forget an important event. I'll throw my cow somewhere it shouldn't be. I mean, we've all done dumb things. But it's nice to be in a relationship where there's grace Amen. and forgiveness and mercy. Light dispels darkness. Light is an expression of God's character. And it should be a definition of our character. See, in John 1, verses 1 through 5, it tells us that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Verse 4. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Praise God. What that passage is saying is that light within you is greater than the darkness that's in this world. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, and it will quicken your mortal body. That means your body has to come into alignment with the Word of God. When it says it's going to quicken the Word, our mortal bodies are subject to God's Word. 
third point is glory. I'm just going to touch on that for just a few minutes. But we need the glory, the Shekinah glory. You see, what I notice is that the world likes to display the glory of mankind. We have the Olympics coming up. And I love the Olympics. But it's all about the glory of what these athletes have done and trained. It's their moment to shine. But what they're shining is their own abilities. What they're shining is what great coaches they had and what, and what companies and countries have poured into them. God wants us to shine. And when we shine, we reflect Him. Right. We don't reflect us. You see, when you are around somebody who's reflecting themselves, remember what I taught you last week? If you're self-made, you can self-destruct. And if you're man-made, you can be man-destroyed. But when God builds you, the God before us, who can be against us, do you remember this? When we glorify Christ in our life and everything that we say and do, we shine His light into darkness. And let me tell you, people are always watching. People are always watching. You may think you're alone, you're being watched. You may think nobody knows where you are on the internet, somebody knows. And now we know the NSA is watching that also. I'm not talking about them. Do we shine? Do we impact our community? See, these are these are questions that I ask myself. Am I making an impact in the community, or are we just huddling for about 45 minutes on Sunday morning? I want to encourage us to even if you watch the Super Bowl. To notice what comes out of each huddle. To notice what the commercials are trying to teach you. We're ask God how we can shine for Him. Because that's what He's called us as a church to do. You see, some of our families have moved away. We're happy for them. It's hard to attend church when you live in Denver. Or North Dallas. But God keeps speaking something to Chris and I. And saying, saying your tents. Okay, but God, we have room in this tent. He said, expand your tent. And we've been with God long enough to know that when God speaks a word, you act on it. Even though you don't see it right now, you stand and you believe. You see, with God, all things are possible. I'm thankful that I don't hold tomorrow, but God does. Some of you may feel like your situation is bigger than you are right now, but it's not bigger than God. So when you look at this passage, write this passage down from Isaiah 60 and say, this is my passage. God, I want to arise. I want to get up from where I've been. I feel like I've been in a hole for a very long time, and I'm ready to get up so that you can shine on me and that I can reflect you. And that's what God is asking for us to do. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I'd like to leave you in a very simple prayer. Whether you're here or you're listening to this on, on the web, I've talked about a relationship with Christ. I've talked about how we can cry out to God. I've talked about how He brings hope and peace into our darkness. I've talked to you this morning about how the world's in darkness, and maybe you feel like you're in that darkness today. But God is wanting to shine His light in you, through you, so that you can impact others. 
And all that starts with a simple relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, we're all born in sin. We can't work our way into heaven. We can't give our way into heaven. But we can cry out and ask for forgiveness of our sins. And that's why Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and I. He died on the cross not only for our sin, but for our sickness and our disease. Our anxiety was all put upon him. All the worry that you still want to carry around, he bore on that cross. And because of his grace and mercy, it is available to us if we ask him into our lives. So when I ask you to pray this prayer, some of you are just praying this out of obedience, but some of you might be praying it to say, God, I don't know what else to do and I need you. Those are the prayers that he hears. Would you all pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner, and I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave to give me life. Please forgive me. Change my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I now confess Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I am saved. Amen. Why do you use the same prayer? Because I'm believing that you'll get to use that with a co-worker. I'm praying that you'll get to use that with someone at your school. I'm praying that there'll be somebody on the sidewalk that you get into a conversation with that just says, I don't know what else to do. And you say, I have a, I have a solution. That's why. I want us to go out of this huddle today, and I want us to impact our world. I want to pray that you shine. I want to pray that the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart. That you will have that power and ability to impact. In the past, you felt weak, but now you're strong. I'd like to speak a blessing over you as we dismiss. So if y'all please stand. I want to thank y'all for coming. Remember, youth is meeting this Thursday night. The home groups are meeting the Thursday night right after Valentine's Day. It's going to be an eight-week series on the presence of God. It is going into the passage that says, freely we have been given, freely we give. We're also going to put all the fun night in there for the families, and we'll be ending it up right about the uh, 1st of May. So we want to encourage you to, to come in and, and join us for these 10 weeks that we start starting February 20th. According to God's word, may the Lord bless you and protect you, and may the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go with his peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for coming. We love you so very, very much.